This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I just spilled all over myself. I was rushing. I saw the notes. Guess who's late? And I was trying to sit down with my Manhattan and I spilled everywhere. And by the way, YouTube would not let me go live. I don't know why. YouTube had this. It said live stream is not available, and I had to restart all the applications and everything. I don't even. Can you hear me? I don't. I can't even tell if I'm live, but I hope I am, because this is a celebration. And I just I started the celebration with a party foul. Oh man. Oh Margaret, how are you, Margaret? Good to see you, Margaret Mary. And I know you're in New Jersey or New York. I know you're back east. I, I see your comments whenever we're live. Uh, you can. Okay. Hey, Chad Ice is here. That's good. Lou, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm. I know. You know. I was recording a message with the patrons too, and I had Mrs. RTF here, and we actually did a little Zoom call with some patrons, and um, it was really nice. It was really nice. I I haven't done that in a long time. You should. You know, if you want to do a live Zoom and uh, make it two-way, um, you can become a patron. Okay, we'll Zoom in. Here we go. All right, we're going to do this thing. How are you guys? I am so... Oh, you're on Long Island. You know, Mary, I've been to... Or Margaret Mary, Margaret Mary Young. I've been to Long Island a few times for my day job, and uh, maybe someday, the next time I'm there, I will tell you why I was there. You won't even believe it. Like literally you will not believe what I was doing on Long Island, where I was or who I was with. I'll just leave that to you. Um, man, everybody's here. David asks, how is Mrs. RTF? She's doing well. Thank you for asking. She's looking pretty pregnant right now. Um, but she carries it well. She's a graceful lady. Um, KMO says, what is your favorite anime? I don't have a favorite anime KMO because I don't watch anime. I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. I know somebody got you in all excited KMO. They told you that I liked it in some other live stream in some chat. That was a lie. I've never once watched it. I never will. I think it's kind of lame. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't offend you. You guys hear me okay? Um, Who is my favorite groomer? <laughs> Who's my favorite groomer? My favorite group. Who's my favorite video game? You guys are literally trolling me, and I deserve it because I troll a lot of people. So, um, uh, TR and Lad, congratulations. One of my favorite channels. Oh, you spelled favorite with a U. You must be European or Canadian. Um, regard, uh, alongside Meaning of Catholic. You know, I'm a big fan of Meaning of Catholic. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Timothy is doing. I know he's kind of taking a break right now to finish his book. Uh, which I think will be a good book. I hope there's going to be a chapter in there about communism and the holy face. He and I are supposed to talk about that. Uh, he's going to finish his manuscript in the next 90 days, so I really hope that we can get on and, and talk about the holy face with respect to communism and uh, what Timothy Flanders is doing. Oh, my goodness. There is so much. Okay, what's my opinion on shorts? You're just trying to get me fired right now. You're literally trying to get me fired right now. 
Um, Edward Ed asks, what's my favorite uh, fiction book? I think that would be The Brothers Karamazov by uh, Dostoevsky. Um, I have tried to get into other Russian literature and figure it out because it's the most complex and certainly the most rewarding. I'm trying to read Demons right now, also by Dostoevsky, but I'm way, way behind on it. I'm way behind, so I wish I had a better answer for you. Um, Okay, Philip James wants to know my opinion on shorts. Look, shorts are for little boys, period. End of story. I'm sorry. If you want to unsubscribe, that's fine. I'll probably dip below 15K, but, you know, it's I don't do this for the numbers, guys. I do this because I love it, and I love you, and I love the truth, and I love the Catholic faith. So you get what you get, and that is what it is. I think shorts are for little boys. You know, there's the British have a really good tradition with shorts, and I think other continental Europeans have the same tradition. When you are confirmed in the Catholic Church— then you can wear pants. Now, I think some other people do it when you have communion. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but regardless, when you become an adult, when you receive the sacraments, you wear pants. That's when you wear pants. Shorts are for little boys. I'm sorry. Even in the winter, they wore shorts with like high socks, thick wool socks, real wool. None of this cotton stuff. I try to wear real wool socks, but that's a pain because you can't put them in the dryer. You really can't. Ah, shorts are for boys, Philip J. Yes, I know. That's what I just said. You're the program, Philip. Come on. Okay. Uh, I am going to take your question. I I actually had, I was thinking about this all day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this little live stream and I'm going to, I'm going to start with a preamble and might start with a video and stuff. And then, you know what I did? I spilled my Manhattan on the keyboard, on my headset. I hope the headset still works. And this is not my first Manhattan, so that's probably why. Uh, somebody said, what? what is this? Will you be doing an interview with E. Michael Jones? Yes, I will. I reached out to him. Um, I shared the channel with him. I told him I'm reading his book, Logos Rising, which is a great book. I want to at least get through the first four chapters of Logos Rising before I interview him. So he said, I can name the date and time and he'll do it. So he's already agreed to it. I want to have him on. I want to stick to Logos Rising, and I want to focus the conversation on the war on reality that we've been living through. We've been living through a 700-year war on reality. Somebody asked me what my favorite video game is earlier, and I didn't answer it. I'll answer that now. I don't play video games, and I don't endorse video games, and I don't think anybody should play video games, especially men, grown men, because it has nothing to do with reality. It disconnects you from reality. Objective reality is experienced how God designed us in his providence through our five senses. And it was initially the denial of the five senses and the ability of our five senses to connect with reality that is the godfather, the great-grandfather of modernism. I've said this on other live streams before and on other people's shows that it was Pascal, actually, a Catholic and supposedly. uh, No, it wasn't Pascal. Was it Pascal? Okay, I don't want to impugn Pascal, all right? I don't want to impugn... But no, it was Descartes. It was Descartes. I knew it was a Frenchman, okay? All right, sorry. We're celebrating tonight, okay? We don't have to get all of our facts right on the first go. But it was Pascal who said... No, why did I just say Pascal again? I'm going to have a sip. It was Descartes who said, famously, when, when when they sum him up, I think, therefore I am. 
I think, therefore I am. So he he placed con, uh, existence as contingent upon cognitive powers. Essentially, if you don't think you don't, you don't exist. Now you can see where the abortionists would take that, right? If you're not a rational being, then it's okay to exterminate you. I even had an abortionist in my house one time tell me that you could eliminate people up to two years old because they're not even rational creatures, and even maybe even beyond that. Uh, I think, therefore, I am. Um, and he based this on, like, he he reasoned all the way to this, and you can read it. I don't recommend you do it, but you can read how Descartes got here because you take a, a pen, let's say, and you submerge your pen into a glass of water, and the pen appears to be bent, but it's not bent. You know in objective reality that it's not bent, but it appears to your eyes that it's bent. Therefore, he says, you can't, you can't trust your senses, right? Because your eyes could lie to you. And therefore, you have to rely on your cogitative powers, which is what Aquinas defines as your, your higher faculties, right? Your intellect and your will, your memory, um, your, your imagery, your, your ability to, to connect the dots. But if you take that to the, its logical conclusion, I was just reading in Logos Rising, E. Michael Jones, uh, this morning, which is why you probably saw a tweet from me about um, you know the random movements of particles in your brain and whatnot. And if, if human thought is merely just what you're thinking about in your brain, and it's merely just a chemical reaction and really just atoms moving around in your brain, um, and therefore you can't trust that, then even science, even evolution, which is their god, you can't trust that either because that is the product of random particles moving around in your brain. So it's a totally self-defeating premise, but it is the only logical conclusion that you can draw when you start from Descartes' premise that you can't really trust your senses to to give you what reality is. Reality is actually what's happening in your brain and not what's actually happening in the real world. So um, I've been I've been thinking about the war on reality and I want to do something. And so EMJ is going to come on uh, probably sometime in February because it's going to take me that long to get through the first part of his book. Um, so that would be um, that'd be a good one. Okay, I've missed so, so many comments and questions. I'm going to try to scroll up. I hope I have one moderator in here to just kind of kind of do some stuff. Are you? I think Eli's here. <sighs> okay, I'm scrolling up to where I see pants and shorts. All right, I think I covered that. Um, oh, Margaret says you wear smart wool that you can dry. I don't know what smart wool is, but it sounds like I need to check that out. Cheers. Cheers right back at you. Um, how do you make your apple teeny with such small hands? That's a, th- those are two. See, that's called leading the witness is what that's called. First of all, it's not an apple teeny. It's a Cosmo. No, it's not a Cosmo. It's a Manhattan. Look, I use, I don't know. This is the Manhattan glass. Okay. It just is what it is. If you want to deny history, boss, HM, you can, and that's fine. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, James says video game. He doesn't like video game. I'm not going to say the word he said, um, but I agree. 
Uh, Yavo's a booze person, uh, but he likes scotch. I like scotch too. I really, you know, I don't drink enough scotch when I'm doing RTF. I don't know why. I just kind of fall into the Manhattan thing. Do you know what a Manhattan is? It's it's basically whiskey. You can either do bourbon or rye. I'm I'm partial to rye. Well, okay. If I have bourbon, it's complicated. Do you guys want to hear this? Well, you don't really have a choice. You are going to hear it. Um, somebody asked, what, what's my favorite craft beer? I'm not really a beer guy. I'm just not. What I do know is I can't stand IPAs. I don't like RPA. And it's not because I don't like hipsters. Well, I don't, I don't like hipsters. So, but I, maybe, maybe I have an association of hipsters and IPA, but I'm just like, ugh, no, gross. Um, I like an amber. I like an amber ale is what I like. Um, so where I can find that, but what is it? What, how do I take the Manhattan? There's two ways to do it, depending on what whiskey you have available. All right. A lot of times I've been, I've been using bourbon. Um, I've been using bullet. You can get bullet at Costco. It's pretty cheap. And, uh, I'm not a cheap guy, but when it's just me, I, I tend to be pretty cheap when it's a guest or whatever. I go all out. I'll give them the best. I'll give it, I'll give them whatever they want. I'll give them, you know, if you show up to my house, I'll serve you blue label, but I'm not going to sit there and drink blue label all by myself. You know what I mean? Cause I just feel like that's a waste. So I get bullet either the bourbon or the rye. If it's the bourbon, then it's already sweet. So when you talk about the vermouth that you need to mix in, I'll do like, half dry, half sweet vermouth, and then some bitters and some cherries. If it's the rye, which is less sweet than the bourbon, then I'll just use 100% sweet vermouth, and I think I arrive at pretty much the same place. So the one thing I am kind of a snob about is the cherries. I get the Woodford Reserve cherries. I don't get the... uh, There's another brand that's more expensive. It's like the official brand. What is it called? Somebody tell me it's like the um, uh, Mendocino or Lexercino or something. There's a there's a higher end cherry that you can get, but I I, I think the wood the Woodford is fine. Um yeah, look tonight is hey, we're just saying hi. Hey Mike, this post falls Scott. Hey Scott, how are you? How do you have Census Fidelium's login credentials, Scott? That's kind of creepy. <laughs> Uh, Thomas says bullet rye only. That's fine. Hey, that's a fair opinion. I'm, that's what I'm drinking right now is bullet rye. Cause I found a bottle of rye. Uh, so uh, D Tudor says IPAs must be drunk with food. I can see that. I can see it. Look, I can, I'll drink an IPA if I have a burger in front of me or something, but I'm not going to sit down and drink an IPA by itself. I just think it's just, it's not my thing. I'm not judging you if you drink IPAs, okay? It's fine. You can do your thing. <sighs> do you want the real reason or the reason that makes me sound cool? This is Scott who's signed in as Steve at Census Fidelium. I want both reasons. Go ahead and hit me with both. Um and I'll I'll um I'll answer other questions. I'm sorry if I missed your question. I'm only now I I selected this video for what's called ultra low latency, which means there's not a 45 second delay between us. There's only like a five to 10 second delay between what you type and what I've already said. So I'm, I'm trying to make this as live as possible. I don't have any, 
videos queued up or anything. This is just, uh, we're celebrating together, people. We've done it. Look, how many people have been able to grow a Catholic YouTube channel to 15,000? And, um, and to be honest, somebody who, like me, who does this as a part-time thing, it's not even a full-time thing, and um, I'm, I can't believe that this, I never, ever thought that this would happen. I never, ever thought that RTF would be this thing that it's becoming um, because I'm just, like, I'm a dad. I'm a dad, first and foremost. Well, first and foremost, I'm a husband, right? Because you're, you're, I'm, I'm a husband before I'm a dad, and the kids know that. Um, but I'm a husband and I'm a dad. I got, um, you know, a half dozen in my brood. I love them terribly. I do a lot of real work in the outside world. I, I, uh, am partial owner of one business. I'm partial owner of another business. So I have two, two businesses that I'm working on. I do the reserves, um, which is interesting because some of the stuff I say on the rundown, I, um, I'm not in a drilling status, so that's good. It can technically be uh, used against me in the court of law. Uh, but um, and, and RTF is just good because I have a passion for the faith. I have a passion for the church. And I just, I just, you know, look, it's a crowded marketplace. A lot of people can sit here and admire the problem that we're going through. A lot of people can sit here and say, you know, uh, you know, we've got all these issues and this person is a bad dude and this other guy has done all these horrible things and they can admire the problem. But you know what? I want to actually kind of just like solve the problem. And so um, and that's why and I never would have imagined that RTF. Look, I, I wanted to do a celebratory thing when we got to 10K and I don't remember what happened, but we got super busy and I was maybe on a road trip. We do a lot of road trips in my family. And, um, so I said, I said, okay, when we get to 15, we're going to do it. And we did, we hit 15 last Friday and you know where we are right now? It's Monday. We're at 15.5. We've added 500 people over the weekend to the YouTube channel. I never would have guessed that this would happen. Um, so I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, I, I do the best I can. I try to have very high production value. Um, but at the end of the day, Look, like Taylor Marshall has degrees and pedigree and credentials and um, what's his name? Tim Gordon has degrees and pedigrees and he's getting another degree and all these things. And, you know, these people, they, they have they have very valid opinions and they they're very educated and they do this for a living. And I support um, a lot of those guys. I subscribe to The Remnant. Um, I am a patron of Taylor's. I support Tim, even though I think he's off base on a lot of things. Um, I have a lot of admiration for all these people. I never would have imagined that a dad who like my, my postgraduate degree is in finance. My undergrad is in accounting. I was on wall street. I was an investment banker. I did mergers and acquisitions. I took companies public. I was in the Marine Corps. You guys know that. I do other stuff that I don't talk about because I try to keep it all separate. I never would have thought that an uncredentialed guy with I, I've and I've never professed to have credentials. I, that's why I always try to start with Trent or Ott or Denzinger or at least the Golden Legend, which is you know six hundred years old. It's older than Protestantism, so at least you know I'm I, I start with one of those four every time I turn on the camera. I start with one of those four things as 
the foundation because I that's what we need to start with. But I never would have thought that some dad who would start a Catholic channel would get to 15,000, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very humbled. I'm very honored. Um, I have had, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I have wanted to stop a lot of times. I've really wanted to stop, especially as I've got to know some of the people in trad Inc. Let's say people who have, um, who are out there and who have opinions and who are publishing things. And I, and as I've realized that it's really not what I thought it would be and that people aren't really who I thought they would be, I've really just a lot of times I've thought, you know, this is depriving my family of a lot of time because even tonight's different tonight. We're just having a conversation and um, I've stopped the scroll. So I'm, <laughs> I see, I see your comments, Scott, I'm going to get to your comments. And I'm going to keep going down. Um, but I'm just ha- having a moment of honesty with you. I have, um, I've wanted to stop this, you know, because for every minute that you see on the camera, uh, there are five minutes in the background, maybe 10 minutes. And maybe others are doing it more efficiently than than I am. But I'm just a one man show at this point. I used to have a partner. Um, he got too busy for it. I really miss him. I pray for him. Um He's still, in many ways, my best friend, so I hope he comes back. But I never thought that this would grow to what it is, and I'm so pleased that it has. But and that's the only re- the fact that it keeps growing is the reason why I keep going. And I've got so many ideas, I've got so many things I want to do and accomplish with it. So I hope I'm glad that I'm glad that you have seen fit to subscribe and and to be a part of this thing because. Like I said, I don't want to just stand back and admire the problem. Look, we need people who can identify the problem, who can build this huge labyrinth and it's the support structures and the flying buttresses, you know, in the problem and, and perfectly describe it. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that says it's all bad and it's all horrible. And this is, I really just want, what I want to do is I want to take these books, the liturgical year, I've got Aquinas over here in uh, side-by-side, English and Latin. I took Latin in high school just enough to be dangerous, so I can kind of uh, – it's, it's, it's really high. I love etymology. I love language. Um, I don't – I am not good at Latin. I'm not, don't, don't misunderstand me. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I have a passion for this stuff, and I think that the answers to our problems are in these two series behind me. That's why I keep them over my shoulders. Um, I have another copy of this upstairs that we use – um, pretty much daily, but I have a copy here. Um, I think we should all have copies of books. Okay, all right. I'm, I I should I should actually answer your questions. I told you we're going to have a cocktail together, so let's do that. Susan, Kansas, wow, congratulations. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. I'm very, very honored that we've hit this milestone. It's a huge milestone. I can't even believe it. Um, Kennedy Hall, how often do you get your hair co- coughed, coiffed? Um, this is, this is how it get. look from a guy that doesn't have hair to a guy that does have hair. I would be very, you're on thin ice, dude. All right. I'm just going to say it that way. All right. I'm going to scroll up and see if I can get some of these questions. I'm scrolling up until I could find you. Okay. Census says the real reason is YouTube allows many people to have access to one account 
and I'm an admin on his channel for many different purposes. And Steve's a bud. Oh, that's cool. Great. Steve's a good. Steve's a good guy. I don't. You know, I actually asked him if he could make me an admin, and he didn't. But the fact that he made you an admin, Scott, and not me, is pretty telling. I think that's pretty telling. Um, Breckenridge bourbon is great. Thomas Keller. I agree. I've only had one bottle of it, and I said to myself, I'm going to get another bottle, and I just never have. So, sorry. Um, uh, James of Cam- Carmel, or Camel, sorry. You, the screen's really far away, guys, and I think I'm cresting into that middle age portion of life. I, As much as I don't want that to happen, well, I kind of do. I'm an, I'm an angry old man in a 35-year-old's body, but I can, it's starting to, he said, you're fun to listen to. Thank you very much. Um, I have a lot of fun with this, but it is a lot of work in the background. If it was just literally like tonight where we turn on the camera and talk to each other, I probably would do it every day. And that would be that. And maybe it will grow doing that too, but uh, I want to put some work in. I want to do the research. I want to make sure that I bring forth some good stories, good interviews, good content, that kind of thing. So I, um, I want to make it worth your, worth your while. Atlas pride goeth before the fall. Yeah, that's right. Pride goeth before the fall. And um, I try to keep pride out of this. I don't do this full time. I don't really want to do this full time. I don't really want to be. Actually, I'm going to share something with you guys. I'm going to be like, um, hold on. I need another another sip before I share this. I've got other folks who are bringing content, really great content to the channel. You have already met Pete Holmes. Uh, Pete's doing um, Crosses and Graces. There's a whole playlist. If you don't know about it, please check it out. Go to the YouTube channel and um, and check out his shows. He always gives you a really tight 10 to 15 minute show. Um, he's preparing a frontal assault on socialism and communism. And I'm so excited that he's doing that. Um, so I've got three more episodes coming from him. I've just debuted... Um, Alberto. And by the way, Alberto has his own YouTube channel. He just started his YouTube channel. I came across it and I'm like, guy, we need more Spanish content, especially Orthodox, conservative, traditionalist. I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to say trad, um, content. Okay. Um, so he, hopefully he's going to keep doing stuff for us. I've got another content creator who's going to join Kevin Rorty. He's been on the channel a couple of times. He runs, Soul of the Christian Apostolate. Um, so he's going to start creating content for this channel. He'll have his own playlist. And there's one other who's going to be. So I don't even want You're right, Atlas. You are right. I don't want to be pride before the, the, the fall, okay? I don't want to be that guy. I'm not that guy. I don't want to be the face. I don't want to be a Catholic celebrity. I don't even tell you what my actual name is. And there's a reason for that. First of all, I don't want my name out there. Second of all, I don't want it to be about me. So I want it to be more about interviews and content and and that kind of stuff. So anyway, Pamela says, I like RTF better than any other Catholic channel. Thank you, Pamela. I hope to live up to that. I can only do this a couple times a week. So um, anyway, Scott says, thanks for those gin and tonics and cigars and your hospitality. I uh, hope you make it out here soon. I will go up there soon, Scott. I promise. I have to be up there for business, actually. So um, I look forward to seeing you. Um, let's see. Susan says, congratulations. Oh, I already read that. Okay, let's see. Ed, 
Ed says, Edward says, I am off for now. Good night. All right. Good night. Teo says, salute. All right. Salute to you. Back to you. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Uh, Eli says, 20K face reveal. <laughs> That's fine. This is not my face. I'm like, uh, I'm like Joe Biden. He's like a lizard man, you know, and he's got like the fake face on. Lou says, congrats on 15.5. Thank you, Lou. You've been with us, I think, since pretty much the beginning. I've seen you. I've seen you around, Lou. Uh, Valerie says, but boring. Okay. All right. Well, that's <clears throat> that hurt, Val. That really hurt. Um, John says, I was in the U.S. Navy. All right. Semper Fi to you. Honor, courage, commitment. Um, Lulu America says, we love it. I love it, too. <laughs> Chad, I, I lo- okay. I've I found you on Twitter. You are funny. I don't know who you are, but you're funny. Uh, Chad Ice says you should buy the Rad Ice Catechism for 1995 on Word on Fire. Um, you guys know how I feel about Turn on Fire. Thomas Keller, RTF, Return to Tradition, Rights and Duties. So many base and red pilled Catholic channels now. Yeah, I know that's true. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I can remember. Uh, 10 years ago, my wife and I would lay in bed and we knew that there was something weird about the church. This was before uh, a lot of the stuff broke too. And we would watch, um, we would watch Voris, you know, like, and, and that was basically all you could get back then. And, um, and now there's so many great people, you know, there's brother Andre Marie out there and there's Mike church and, um there's reason and tradition um there's so many great people kennedy hall is based and um and now he's kind of taken over at the fatima center so i'm I'm excited to see what the fatima center youtube channel does under his stewardship so um so yeah let's see um you don't owe us anything we're just thankful for your content well thank you for saying that thank you i try to do the best that's it i try to do the best um i've made mistakes I've made actually huge mistakes. You know, I recently got a letter from a bishop telling me to shut up. Um, and, um, well, I'm just not going to. So it is what it is. I'm not going to because there's a problem in the church. And um, you know what, Your Excellency? Maybe you should shut up if you're not going to actually solve the problem. What are you doing to solve the problem? This is, I mean, I'm just trying to... I'm trying to help. You know what I mean? <sighs> Alejandro says, I don't like Trump, boy. Uh, okay, I, I get it. I Thank you, Alejandro. I don't want to attack anybody tonight, especially since we're having a party. Um, I would prefer that Trump were president. I really would. I would prefer that Trump were in the White House right now. You know, you guys know, I've been critical of Trump because he's, you know, because I stand for the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. That's it. I Holy Mother Church. And if you are on board with that, great. To the extent you are, I commend you. To the extent you're not, I exhort you. Um, Barbara says, hello from Wisconsin. Hello. I haven't been to Wisconsin in like two years. But uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good Catholics up there. A lot of good Catholics in Wisconsin. I want to come up. Is Wisconsin the state that they have the Guadalupe, Our Lady Guadalupe Shrine? that Cardinal Burke was at not too long ago. Um, 
if it's there, I want to I want to take a road trip up there and go see it. So hello, right back at you. Um, God uh, disobeying the faith, <laughs> Chad Ice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you, Chad. Um, good for you. I'll keep you in my daily rosary. Hey, John, listen. Thank you. I will accept any prayers possible. There's been a lot. Of, there has been surprisingly some some tension and some spiritual warfare involved with um, starting RTF, and I don't want to go into that right now. But I am not worthy of your daily rosary. Okay, there are much, much more pressing causes than your daily rosary. But I appreciate it. Maybe just like throw me a bead every now and then. <sighs> Margaret Mary, don't be silent. Exactly, bishops or priests too silent. Yeah, they are. She, um, I can't read the rest of her comment because YouTube will take this down. But I agree with you, Margaret. You are exactly right. He did win. Um, I, <laughs> Chad prays the luminous mysteries daily, not even on Thursdays, Chad, you pray them every day. Wow. That must be the new evangelization. Prayers from Sri Lanka. Hey, prayers back at you, brother. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Prayers from India. Oh my gosh. Guy, technology is incredible. I personally think we're going to be without technology soon, so that's why I'm kind of willing to keep doing this. Um, I don't think it's going to last that long, though. I don't think we're going to have the privilege of technology forever. I just don't. I think it'll be a two-phase thing, actually. I think the oligarchs, the tech oligarchs who are in charge, are eventually going to... They already know who all of us are. All of you who are commenting here, and me especially, because I'm producing the content... They know who we are, and they're just going to one day cancel us. Hey, did you know I'm going to lose the Facebook page? You know, RTF started on Facebook. It started on Facebook in February uh, two years ago. So we're coming up on two years, our two-year anniversary. We're almost at 18,000 followers on Facebook. And I started just by making short statements and memes and and then we then we got into audio and then from audio we got into video and all that um and there were four guys at one point and now i'm kind of like the last one holding the holding the torch but facebook is coming after us and they already they sent me a note this morning i woke up to this little nasty gram saying that you know your channel is uh or your page is at risk of being depublished and uh, they didn't. They didn't even have the courtesy of telling me why. I mean, I I know why. Um, but anyway, they couldn't point to a specific infraction. They just said, you know, you violate our community standards, and that's going to happen to all of it. It's all going to go away. You see, Taylor's moving content over to Rumble and other things. Um, he took he took a a week off or so, and I'm sure he was migrating content and and reconfiguring his mind and all that and i and i prayed for him during uh that 10 days of silence and i hope that he's moving his content over because we're all going to get suppressed just it's going to happen so that's pretty sad mark williams um i recognize your handle kmo9000 yeah i know kmo is a troll he he, he likes anime mark I know you don't like anime, Mark Williams. You're based. Where are you, by the way? Are you still? Are you in California? Are you in San Luis? I don't want to dox you, but maybe you can text me where you are. I don't know where you are. I can't keep up with everybody. Um, Mike, do you have a favorite original Twilight Zone episode? Yes, yes, I do. Chad Ice. I. You know what my favorite one is? 
It's the one where the guy likes to read books. I have a huge stack of books. I can't keep up with it. I have, you know what I suffer from when I read one of the sermons of St. Francis de Sales, when he talks about spiritual avarice, I think is what he called it, which is where people collect all these books and they don't read them but they would just want to have them on display. I, I think I'm kind of guilty of that. I've, I've got, I've got my books on display and I love to trot people through the library before they get into here to the studio where we are now. And I have this vision of someday reading all these books and consuming them, but there's a certain twilight episode where the guy is like, I want to read all these books and he happens to be inside of a bank vault. And then the World War III happens with the Russians. You know, this was during Cold War. And then everyone gets nuked, but he survives the nuke because he's in the bank vault. And then he steps on his glasses right after that. He's like, yes, I, I'm, I'm alone with my books. And then he steps on his glasses. And this is the end of the world. There's no other people on the planet. And he can't read his books because he can't see because he stepped on his glasses. That one really haunts me. That one really haunts me. It's like we we store up all these treasures on Earth and we're like, we're going to get to them. And then guess what? You're not. You're just not. So, yeah, that one haunts me. Not only because of the I'm, I'm a book hoarder. I mean, but also because of that episode. Um, you cat or building a bridge, which is your favorite? I don't actually, Kennedy Hall, I don't know what either one of those things is, and I am proud not to know, okay? I don't know what either one of those things is, dude, so sorry. Uh, is about, Alberto's here, you're here. Hey, I was talking about you earlier. I was saying that you're, you've debuted content and we need more base content. Uh, what's the name of your channel, Alberto, so people can subscribe to it? I forgot to put that in the notes, and I'm really sorry. That occurred to me today. Because I published your two videos, and I was like, man, I, I'm not directing people to your YouTube channel, and that's that's so unfair. Um, let me read your comment. Mike, what's your favorite Jim Martin sermon? Okay, come on, man. Look, I just endorsed you, and now you're trolling me. But I deserve it. I really do. Do I not deserve it? I, I troll some people. I do. I'm guilty. But I, I deserve. I deserve a little bit of that. Um, somebody says, shut up, Kevin. I don't know who you're referring to or what he said. He probably deserved it though. Mm. What's your favorite cat chat song? I don't even know what that is. Are you talking about like the, are you talking about the, um, the new mass, the new songs that they sing at mass or whatever the, I will raise you up. Maybe that's my favorite. I don't know. How does Kennedy know what they are? Yeah, exactly. That's my question. How do you know what all those things are, Kennedy? How based are you? How long have you been trad? You know, I love that. I love when people do that. They're like, um, how long have you been trad? When, when did you start exclusively going to the Latin mass? You know, like there's some tenure thing in, in this. And it's like, you know, to me, I, that's important, okay, because if you discover the Latin Mass five minutes ago, praise be to God. That's great. But um, shut up. Just take it in. Just have some silence. Just take it in. You know, sit back and take it in because it's not just the liturgy. And there are people out there, by the way, who um, – oh, Mrs. C, I'll get to your question. 
I am finally, finally going to answer this question, Mrs. C, and you're the one to ask it, and that's why I'm going to answer it. But there are people out there in Tradville who have been at this for a long time, and they're kind of like well-known quantities. And maybe you don't know their names, but they're the people behind the pens, let's say, or behind the websites, or behind the blogs, or behind the whatever. And they've been doing this for a long time, so they feel like their tenure grants them some kind of right uh like that like it automatically makes them right but these people unfortunately we have to pray for them and we have to help them along because they really do believe that marijuana is okay that purple hair with your wife is okay that wearing shorts as a grown 40 something year old man like a gen x man is okay that you don't have to conform to any cultural thing, that you can casually drop vulgarities on Twitter, um, but you can still be trad because it's just about the liturgy. But ladies and gentlemen, I mean, like that's like half the reason why RTF exists. It's not just about the liturgy. It's not. What we need to do is recreate Catholic culture. What we need to do is be reactionaries. We have to be reactionaries, counter-revolutionaries in every manner. So you see all these people who are like, you know, you got to join this campaign and vote for this guy and get on this. Catholics don't campaign. Catholics know what well-ordered society is. It's not about slogans and signing people up and registering people to vote and petitions and Picket signs, and that's not what Catholic action is. That's not what Catholic spirituality is. And trust me, I like I was raised by Rush Limbaugh, okay? I, I've had a desire to have some kind of broadcast, some kind of radio show, um, ever since I was a kid, and I was literally raised in the Reagan-Bush-Clinton era in which... AM radio came into its own, and I was GOP, I was Tea Party, I was all these things, and then I became Catholic, and then I really became Catholic. And I realized that all of that is garbage. It's just garbage. And it's meant to distract us, and it's meant to... It's meant to tranquilize us, is what it is. And to the extent we participate in the religion of democracy, whose high sacrament is voting, we make ourselves into the gods. We create the city of man, not the city of God. We say that man can rule man, not God can rule man. Um, so that's one of the reasons why RTF exists, because we need to take it further than, I'll just say it. We got to go further than Steve Skojek is willing to go at 1 Peter 5. I'm sorry. You're wrong, Steve. Steve is one who he thinks tattoos are great, purple hair is great, shorts are great, marijuana is great, voting is great, um, and you don't have to change your life at all. And I'm tired of Tradville, and I don't like the culture, and I don't want to change my life, and I want to be comfortable, but I love the liturgy. It's not just the liturgy, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much more to our faith. There's so much more. If you just read the green books behind me, and I hope that in my life I will read from cover to cover uh, Dom Garam J. I hope that I will read it to cover to cover. I've read quite a bit. 
and I keep up with it every year. I read a little more. Every year I read a little more. It's not about your tenure in discovering the Latin mass. If that were, if it were just about that, do you know how lame that is? Like having a liturgical preference and then imposing that on people and saying like, oh, I'm better than you because I discovered. You know what? Some people didn't know about the Latin mass. I first heard about the Latin mass in 2002. So maybe I have longer tenure than you. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. If you're watching this right now and you've been in the Latin Mass longer than 2002, then you got me in tenure. But I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a family thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I do this. It's a, this, is a, this, is, this is part of my tithe, to be honest. I've invested thousands of dollars into this thing. Um, so anyway, sorry. I, I, I went there. I wasn't supposed to go there. Okay, now I'm going to go somewhere where I didn't want to go. And Mrs. C has asked the question. And by the way, I, this is my list of uh, patrons, and I don't see you, Mrs. C. No, I'm just kidding. Well, this is a list because I was doing a private Zoom call uh, right before this with the patrons. and I just wanted to have all their names in front of me. I don't do this for the patrons, but you're not one of them. Anyway, I'll answer your question. I'll answer your question. Her question is ICK or FSSP? My answer is it depends. And, and, and I don't even like that either or. I am revealing to you for the first time that I don't really care. I don't care if it's society, fraternity, institute, diocesan, Augustinian, who are those those guys in Chicago? Um, St. John Cantius. Any other orders? I don't care. The answer to the question is, who is the best priest? Because this is a priest-by-priest priest thing. I have noticed some things. I have noticed some things in the last 10 years in being the tr- inside of tradition. I have some themes, some trends that I have noticed. I can maybe do a whole show about each of the three major orders, let's say, and the pluses and minuses that I have observed. But that is just the world through my green eyes. That is just the world that I've lived. And I've traveled a lot. I've traveled this country a lot. I've been to um, dozens of dozens of FSSP parishes around the country. The nature of my day job, it makes sense that I do this. I I do some fundraising in the Catholic world. I do some other things. So I know a bunch of priests from all three orders around the country. I have experienced their masses. I've seen their liturgies. My answer is I don't care. I'm agnostic to it. I'm a pan trad. I'm one of those few people that don't, I don't mind floating in between. I'm, I'm revealing for the first time that will I go to a society mass? Yes, absolutely. I will. In 2021. Are you kidding me? Are we still debating this? This shouldn't even be a debate. My point is you go wherever the best thing is for your family, for your family and different families are in different phases of their life. You know, if you have young children, I think it's really important to expose them to objective beauty. So I think the liturgy becomes very important. They're not going to pay attention to the sermon necessarily. So 
you, know, you, you might choose the most beautiful liturgy. As your children get older, you might have to choose a lesser liturgy, let's say, a more uh, expeditionary or more missionary liturgy. So that might apply society, right? But I, I look, I don't hold that comment against me, please. Um, but if you get better preaching there, and you know that the priest is forming your 12-year-old versus you have a 4-year-old who's experiencing the Mass and taking it in and making permanent association, associations in his or her imagination, um, right? So, And then maybe you sit through a boring sermon, but you're willing to do that for the— li- So there are different trade-offs. How far are you willing to drive? Um, what time is the mass? You know, if it's a diocesan mass, oftentimes it's at a horrible time. It's at the worst parish. It's in downtown. You got bums. It smells like poop. Um, because that's how these bishops treat this stuff so often. I've seen that and we've moved around quite a bit. I was active duty. Then I was on wall street. I moved jobs for finance. I moved, I've, I've even moved since that. I'm, um, so I've lived in multiple time zones. I've lived in multiple countries, I've been to TLMs all over the place. I travel. I go to TLMs wherever I go. And, um, yeah, so I think that bishops tend to park the Latin Mass in the most inconvenient place and in the, at the most inconvenient time, and they do it on purpose, and that's just that. Um, if you're in a place, I deliberately move to a place where I have all three options. I have FSSP, I have ICK, I have fraternity, I have... Society. I've got all kinds of stuff going on where I go to the thing that benefits my family at the time that my family needs it the most. And that's just where I am on it. If I'm, if I lose subscribers over, that's fine. Look, we're here celebrating tonight. We're celebrating 15 K. I can't believe I ever got to 15 K, but you're asking my honest take on it. And I'm giving you my honest take. You go where it's best for you to go. And, um, you go. It's a priest by priest thing. Unfortunately, I cannot give you an unqualified endorsement of any of the three orders. I can't sit here and say the F- go to the FSSP because they've got it. You know, like what Taylor does in chapter thirty-three of his book. I can't do that. I cannot do that because I've had bad, awful, terrible experiences with that order. I've had great experiences with that order. Tremendous priests. So I think that the variance is so high that it's just it's a priest by priest thing and that's just the world that we live in. I'm sorry. I wish I had a better answer, but that is the only answer. <sighs> Jordan says Mike is a rolling stone. I don't know if he will ever plant his roots. I have planted my roots, Jordan. I've planted my roots in the traditional Catholic faith. And that's it. And I will go wherever I can live that faith. And right now we're in a good spot. We can live our faith where we are. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't really have lo- I'm not really affected by lockdowns. Um, we have a diversity of options. I'm very, very lucky. I'm cognizant of, of how lucky I am. I didn't miss a single mass during the lockdown on Sundays or any of the high feasts. I'm very lucky, very, very blessed. And I recognize that. And I know, I know so many of you that's not the case. So many of you missed mass. So many of you, some of you who are watching right now still go to outdoor masses in tents. It's, it's, it's an insane world. I'm so sorry that you're living in that world. 
I'm just checking my phone because I'm sure my wife is like, you said you would keep this short and where are you and stuff. You need to be quiet. <sighs> okay, anyway. Oh, it's Jordan. You're texting me. All right, Jordan. Well, you, message me in the chat, Jordan. Goodness gracious. I have no secrets. I mean, I have some secrets, but poor California. Yeah, I know. Poor California. But you know what? If you're in Los Angeles, go to the SSPX. Because they had the gumption to sue Newsom. They won. And you can go to mass inside like a normal human being. I'm sorry. I said it. It is what it is. If you're still hanging out in that $30,000 tent, then shame on you. Because they should have spent that money on suing Newsom. And they didn't. But I don't go to the SSPX where I live, so you know. Look, I'm I. It's it's it seems a little schizo that in some cases I endorse them, and in some case, and then I. It is what it is. You go to the best place you can. All right, that was a long answer to a short question, Mrs. C. If I don't see you on Patreon tonight because you made me go where I've never gone in two years of doing this, in two years I've never answered that question, and people have asked. All right, Mark Williams, you flagged me, so you know how to get me to watch, to see your comment. I am scared to go to St. Vitus. I think I'm on a list there. <laughs> <laughs> the secretary got my photo. I don't know who the secretary is right now, Mark, but um, I know who some of those people are. God bless you, man. You guys are great. I can't really. Uh, I need to. Can I make this bigger? I guess I can. Oh, I can make it bigger. Oh, great. Okay. John Mack, there is only one traditional Catholic faith. That's right. John Mack is right. There's only one traditional Catholic faith. And you go to wherever that is. And maybe it's a diocesan mass. Maybe it is. I've lived in that situation where. The diocesan mass is more orthodox, more Catholic than one of the th big three orders. I've seen that. It can happen. So you go wherever the true faith is being taught. But ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, we're living in a crisis that is so pronounced, so incredible, so uh, unprecedented. Did we, and I'm talking to the men here right now, I'm talking to the men Never before have we had to be the historians, the liturgists, the moral theologians. I mean, we we have to we have to fill the gap in. You used to be able to just go down to your neighborhood parish. In fact, do you know that it's it's very much not traditional to parish shop? Or to parish hop. In days of old, if you were to go across town or across your county or whatever to go to a parish outside of your geography, it was assumed that there was something wrong with you. Not something wrong with the church or the parish or the priest or whatever. So you used to be fed wherever you went and that changed and we know that that didn't just change in the 60s okay we know that you and i know that 
it didn't just change in the age of Aquarius. It was, it was before that. We acknowledge that. The age of Aquarius really just codified Americanism into the church. Americanism is the stated heresy. Pope Leo XIII condemned it. He condemned it multiple times. Uh, 1898, 1900. Um, he condemned it in, in papal encyclicals. He addressed those encyclicals to... Cardinal Gibbons of Baltimore, who is the author of the Baltimore Catechism, which is filled with Americanism, by the way. And so we know that Americanism has been around for a long time. You know, for my international audience, I just want you to know that I am acutely aware, I'm acutely aware of the irony of the fact that traditionalism is has exploded in the United States in gross numbers much higher than anywhere else in the on the planet um and that is ironic because even the traditional community in the United States even myself we are infected with this error of americanism which is the precursor to the enshrinement of modernism in Vatican II and all that so it is, it's a difficult thing because we want to be trad and people are discovering the Latin mass and that's a good thing. And we are bringing in refugees, especially in this COVID-1984 environment. But people are unwilling to dispense with their Americanist heresies when they come into the traditional community. And that is a big problem. And that is really the differentiator. Back to Mrs. C's questions, which you're still not a patron. I'm checking it. You're not a pa- I haven't got a notification, Mrs. C. Um, and you made me go there. But back to her question, the differentiator really in the traditional community, one of the big ones is whether or not the priests in question, if it's society, fraternity, institute, diocesan, etc., is equipped, willing, able, and actively rooting out Americanism and destroying it. To me, that's a telltale sign. So um, if that's happening, great. That's where you need to be. Because we're like the largest population of traditionalists in the world. And Pope Francis is aware of that, by the way. His people are aware of that. They know that the United States is much more conservative, much more religious, much more traditionalist. Um, on a percentage basis, I think France has us beat. There are much more traditionalists per capita in France. Um, the French are an, are an amazing people. They're interesting people. They are extremists. They just tend to be extremists, right? This just makes sense. You got the French Revolution. You got Napoleon. You got the French Republic. You got, I mean, they just go like, it's either this or that, right? You know, and so um, the French trads have us beat and the French trads have really, really good culture because they have a grounding in Christendom. They have a foundation. We don't really have roots here. So we're sprouting roots at the same time as trying to develop traditionalism in the United States. And um, it's, it's an irony. So as, as we participate in, the TLM world, we need to at least be self-aware enough to know that we're Americans and to root out the Americanist heresy, which was enshrined 
in Dignitatis Humani. It was enshrined. And, uh, and in Lumen Gentium, probably, t- as well. And some of the other documents, the problematic ones. Okay, D says, support faithful priests. Absolutely. I cannot imagine, even being a society priest, I can't imagine doing it. Thank God that that's not my vocation, because I would not survive. I would not survive. But especially being diocesan or or fraternity or institute, I pray for those priests every day by name, every single day by name. Can you imagine the pressure that they're under? They're trying to uphold a faith which their own ordinary opposes in almost every case. It's an insane world. Uh, we miss about a month or so of mass in our diocese. I'm sorry. You know, a mu- yeah, that's that's not the worst. Um, it's not the best. It's not the worst. So I'm sorry about that. Get Father Ripperger on the show. You know, I talk about Father Ripperger a lot. I reference Father Ripperger a lot. I have a secret to share with you. I don't. Well, should I should I share this? I can text him. We know each other. I was supposed to see him later this week. He's not going to come on the show. He doesn't endorse the show. He may not even have ever watched a single episode. But he's a good man. I look up to him quite a bit in almost every way. Quoke Lam said, I'm not reading your comment, Quoke. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm not going there. Ah, Lori says, I'm in Texas. God bless you. I love Texas. I'm from there. Went to college there. Know a lot of stuff about Texas. Let's see. You do not need to apologize for telling the truth. Thank you, John. You know, I I feel like I do. I don't know why. It's just an instinctual thing. Simple Crusader. Very few trad parishes where I live. I know. It is like it's, it's, it's. It's like a patchwork, you know? Some places have high density. Some places have low density. It's tough. It's tough. Thank God for technology, but that doesn't really solve the problem. I mean, I think I I need to, you know, you got to move. Sometimes you just have to move. That's what we did. We moved to a place where we've never been so that we could be around as many masses as possible because... That's just a decision that we made. I know not everyone can do that. I recognize that. I'm just saying what we did. Um, okay, Thomas Keller. Mike, do you think trading stocks, options, etc. becomes speculation and sinful at a certain point? How does one discern that point? That's an interesting point, Thomas, because uh, I put a lot of thought into this, actually. What do you really buy when you buy a stock, right? What do you buy? Let's say you have an IRA or you have a retirement fund or maybe you're, you know, you're, you're buying individual securities or whatever. Let's say you want to invest, quote unquote, in Boeing, Boeing stock, BA. If you buy a share of Boeing stock, are you invested in the long-term future of Boeing. Well, technically, yes, because you are a shareholder. And when they 
declare a dividend as a portion of their profits, then you're going to get some portion of that dividend, right? If they announce some new contract or whatever and people more people buy the stock and the value of the stock goes up, you benefit. But have you actually helped Boeing by buying that stock? Has the company Boeing actually benefited by your investment of that share of stock? Well, the answer generally is no. Because you bought the share from someone else who was selling the share, from someone else who sold the share, who someone else who sold the share. You're so far removed from an actual offering of that share that when you buy, let's say, I don't, I don't know what Boeing is trading for. Let's say it's $100. When you spend your $100 and you buy one share of Boeing stock, does Boeing actually get that 100 so that theoretically they can take the 100 invest it in an airplane, sell the airplane, create a profit, and send you a dividend? Well, no. Because in the secondary market, which is the stock market, when you buy a share of stock, your $100 is going to the seller of that share, which is some other guy, or an institution, not a single dollar goes to Boeing. So the only way in which you truly invest in a company and are therefore vested in their success and contributing to their success is if you participate in one of their offerings. So either their initial public offering, which is the IPO, or a secondary offering. But, and this is this is part of the research I've been doing for a book that I would like to write. It's a very aspirational at this point, but I've made some major notes. Because uh, I've done IPOs, by the way. Uh, and I've done secondary offerings on, on the street in New York. But you and I are not privy to those offerings. You and I do not get to participate in those offerings. So it's it's really institutional money that gets the first crack at those offerings. So when Boeing, if they want to issue more shares of stock, let's say, they want to do a capital raise in the equity markets on the New York Stock Exchange, they're not calling me and they're not calling you they're going to call Fidelity, and they're going to call BlackRock, and they're going to call all the names, and the names are going to say, yes, we want it, and they're going to they're going to subscribe, and that's it. And then maybe in a year or two or three, when the share value goes up, Fidelity and BlackRock, they're going to divest from their position and realize those gains and then sell those shares to you in the secondary market. So when you buy a share the company is not actually receiving the $100. So in a certain way, on a practical level, just in the world that we live in, with the rules that we have, with the NYSE and Reg D and the SEC and all these things, the answer is no. When you are invested in the stock market, it is basically speculation. It's speculation if you're making an educated guess. It's gambling if you're making a wild guess. Do I think that that's sinful? I don't know. I'm not, I haven't arrived at a conclusion yet, Thomas, but that's a good question. And this is something that I plan to deal with in, the, in a book that I will hopefully write someday in the abundance of free time that I have. Um, 
So I hope that answers it. But yeah, this is something I used to do. I used to be on the street. I used to do public offerings and private offerings. I've worked with private equity. And the fact of the matter is that you and I don't get, um, we don't get, we don't get offered, um, everything. Okay. Ave Maria asked me some, a question that I don't want to answer right now. I, I see your question, Ave. Thank you for asking it. I don't think now is the time to answer it. I'll answer it in a roundabout way. If you are seeing Ave Maria's comment right now and you're wondering what the thoughts are on it, my thoughts are that it's not for me. It's not traditional. I don't trust it. I don't like it. If you want to find out what that thing is, read the comment. Traditionalists stick to the sacred heart of Jesus, period. That's what we were given by our Lord. That has stood the test of time. That's who we should enshrone in our house, enshrine in our house, and thrown in our house. And um, and that's it. There are nine promises associated with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I think that there, it's easy to usurp the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and um, and even to usurp the rosary. And I think that there are other problems with the question that Ave Maria asked me, so that's the answer. Sorry, you don't get 100% honesty today, but if you're reading the comments and you're reading between the lines, you know what I'm saying and you probably agree. Uh, Daniel says, I think it used to be against canon law to perish hop, but don't quote me on that. I think you're right, Daniel. I think you're exactly right. I think you you used to not be able to do that. Um, And now it's... You know, if you're a trad, that's all you do. So it's it's a bit ironic. I don't like it. I wish we could go back to where the church supplied for our needs on a block by block, street by street, county by county, zip code by zip code basis, but it doesn't. We all know that. Um, so kind of it is what it is. Valerie says Americanism is all the fault of the Irish. Valerie is British, so she would say that. But but she's right. And I say this as a half-Irish person. She's right. It is. Bishop Ireland, Cardinal Gibbons are evil, she says. I can't disagree. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I love the Irish people. I love my Irish history. I love my Irish roots. I, I love everything Irish. I just wrote, for Command and Staff College, I wrote a paper about Ireland and the U.S. strategic relationship with Ireland. And um, I love everything Irish. But Irish American Catholics in the 19th century really screwed things up. (sighs) Hate to say it, it's true. Okay, Daniel, uh, Mike, honest question about your Boeing stock tangent. How is that different than the aborted vax issues with abortion in the 70s. I don't know what you're asking, Daniel. I want to answer your question, but I really don't know what you're asking. Are you asking about remote cooperation? Is that what is that the thing you're asking? I don't I don't get it. Circus of idiots. What pipe tobacco do you smoke, dude? Bro, love from a rad drab skizzy in California. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I haven't settled on one. I like Macanudo, to be honest. And um, I buy that from cigarsinternational.com. 
and I usually get like 10 tins at a time so I don't have to think about it. I don't, I'm not a big fan of anything flavored. So if you come at me with vanilla or cherry flavor, I'm like, get out of here. That What's the difference between that and vaping, which I have a really derogatory term for vaping, but I won't, I won't bore you with it. Um, I refer to it as a certain type of flute vaping. Um, but yeah, I like Macanudo. I think it's well balanced, but I, I'll try anything. I'll try anything that's natural. I like Virginian blends, Virginia tobacco. Sorry, I I wish I could be more specific, but that's it. Um, wow, lots of messages are being deleted. That's great. Um, I guess we got some mods in here. That's good. Okay, Jordan, you're texting me again. What are you saying, man? Jordan is a, one of the mods. He's in here. Oh, wait, no. My wife's texting me. Hello, are you done? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I got to go upstairs, guys. Did you know I'm in my basement right now? Meredith, um, actually, the reason I hate Bishop Ireland is because I am Polish and cannot accept the loss by his schism of so many of my Polish countrymen's souls to it. I thought you were British. You got you, Val, you, just send me a DM. Tell me what you, I guess you're half Polish, half British. Don't you have a British accent? Did I make that up? I Maybe I imagined that. Sorry. But yeah, no, you're right. Bishop Ireland really wrecked a bunch of the um the the individual communities. He really wrecked it. He did a bad he was one of the first bishops too in the United States. Gosh, he did a bad job. All right, Philip James, Mike, wrap it up, getting sleepy. Thank you. I should do that. Chad Ice, Dean Mike, Dean Martin or Frank or Frank Sinatra. Um, how about Mozart? Maybe if you're feeling like you need some gusto, Beethoven. Eli, seriously, Mike, Chad's been asking the singer question all stream. Okay, fine. Look, I'm not going to answer it. I don't care. I really don't care. Sorry. I wish I did. Um, Jeff Bone, let me ask my husband what Charlie. I don't know what's happening with that. Sorry, I'm not scrolling up. I can't see it. Uh, Chad, I'm a Vivaldi guy myself. Oh, good. I like Vivaldi. I think he's balanced. I like Vivaldi. Um, Hayek says classical music is the best. Look, I'm not one of these purists that say if you listen to music, you're going to hell or anything. Like, I'm not that kind of trad. It's not for me. It's not for my children. I think there's disorder in it. I think there's chaos in it. I think when you when you look at rhythm and harmony that most modern music doesn't appreciate these things and it's discordant and there's something disordered about discordant music. One of the ancient Chinese um, around the time of Sun Tzu, to be honest, and I've had to read Sun Tzu for military purposes, which is why I know this, but he said, if I can control the music of the people, I can control the people. And if I can interpret the music of the people, I know where the uprisings are. And this is one of the ancient... um, Kings of China, I think they had a different name, but he had a, a close advisor who would say I who knew where the uprisings would be and and it was basically where the discordant music is. So I think most modern music is is discordant and not worth listening to. If you listen to Father Ripperger at all or any of the exorcists, they'll tell you that a lot of it is attached to demons, so you need to avoid it. I'm not going to say to her and say, look, you're going to get it possessed if you listen to music or whatever, but, um, but isn't that enough? Like what more do you need? 
And the fact of the matter is it's ugly, it's heinous, it's hideous. I do like folk music. I like folk music, so I like some of the stuff from like the Tennessee Valley. I like some of the stuff from the from Appalachian music because that's the closest thing that we Americans have to sort of folk music that's acceptable. Um, if you're a bluegrass person, maybe we can we can hang out. I'll I'll pull out my corn cob pipe and we can smoke it together. But um, but I guess that's as far as I'm willing to go. I'm sorry, I just don't. It's not my thing. And look, I have a I have an attraction to it. I like it, but that just means that there's a disorder in me that I need to root out. So just because I have a preference for it doesn't mean that my preference is correct. And this is what we need. We as moderns need to understand is that just because we like something doesn't mean that it's good. We need to view everything in the objective light of tradition. And the fact of the matter is you just can't justify modern music, even if you have an affinity for it, which I do. I do. And the fact that I do is a disorder and an error, um, certainly an imperfection, at least in me that needs to go. So somebody asked about Metallica. I'm like, I'm not, like, I'm not even going to answer that question. Why bother? Um, so now that you know, what are your thoughts on, uh, Mussolini? Max asks, um, it's complicated. I don't like the deal that Mussolini did with Pius, but um, at the same time, I don't totally disagree with fascism I, um, as a concept. I think Mussolini did a lot of good things. Um, he may not be the best fascist example, but I mean, like, look, uh, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds absolutely insane. I mean, if you're still watching right now, if you're part of the people that are watching right now, you might misunderstand what I say. Um, you know, fascism might be an intermediary step to get the United States back into monarchy. We might need a good old-fashioned American strongman. We might need a General Franco from Spain. Um, good example of a fascist who supported the church, who uh, gave the church um, rights and exaltations. I mean, to me, it's about who gives us the freedom to worship— does not place every religion on the same page like Vatican II wants them to do. Religious liberty is a joke. It's an error. Um, and who creates order in society? So you can't really be a, a classical anarchist, which I know Ryan Grant's going to disagree with. And I love you, Ryan, and we can debate it, I guess. And he'll probably win because he's much more learned on the subject. But I think what it comes down to is Sort of, and I'm going to quote a heretic. I'm going to quote a heretic on RTF, maybe for the first time. But what C.S. Lewis defines as the whole purpose of government is to facilitate the family getting together in front of the fireplace, sipping tea and having a good time, and bonding with each other and talking about the faith. So whatever form of government that is, I'm for it. And if it's Franco or Mussolini, fine. That's certainly better than what we have now. I would prefer to have Mussolini in the United States than what we have now. And you can unsubscribe if you don't. You can unsubscribe. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. Um, which is, I think, why this channel has grown, maybe. But I don't know. Jimbo says fascism is the pipeline of monarchy. Yeah, I kind of agree. And I, I'm kind of agree with Tradpat on that. 
In fact, TradPat has really helped me clarify my thinking on this front, to be honest. I've listened to a bunch of his stuff, and I think he's right. Uh, Margaret Mary says, unless you are a classical musician, you just don't get it. I agree. I agree. Our children take violin and piano. I'm very thankful we have a piano teacher. He, in fact, he was just at the house earlier. He's, he's siblings with somebody who's, who was commenting earlier whose questions I answered. Um, I think reading music is important when you're raising children. Mathematics is a derivative. Is, is, well, maybe, maybe you can't say that math is a derivative of music. Maybe you can say music is a derivative of math. But they mutually support each other. And to the extent your children know music, they'll be better at math. And to the extent that they're good at math, they'll be better musicians. So I think those two things are really related to each other. And in within cla- within the context of classical education, those two things were always united to each other. So I think, um, I think I can say that. Uh, if you disagree, that's fine. You can comment. Three Seater says listening to Trad Pat too. Yeah. Trad Pat's a good friend. I like I like Trad Pat. He's a good friend. He's somebody that I admire. He's somebody that's been in tradition longer than I have, speaking of tenure. He's somebody that has been doing this for a long time. He's raised a bunch of kids. His kids are older than mine. You know, I think, you know, I think one thing that we as Americans are not good at is um is reverencing our elders. And I'm not trying to make Pat sound old, okay? He's not a boomer. But he's like 10 years older than I am. He's got more experience in this than I have. And I need to take his opinions seriously. And I do. Um, And that's part of hierarchy. That's part of order. A well-ordered society takes care of our elders. In the American society, in the COVIDian society, we ship our elders out to a nursing home so they die in isolation. That is sick. That is disordered. I I can't believe that we do that. Somebody asked me about homeschooling. Really, it's the only logical thing that you can do right now. And I know a bunch of society people are going to hit me and they're going to say, well, we've got all these schools and stuff. And I live near a a huge thriving society school. and I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not. I'm sorry. I don't. It just is what it is. It's not the ideal. It's not the ideal. But it's the only thing we got right now. So we got to do it. Are you on Spurn? Um, yes, I'm on Spurn. Spurn is a new SP3RN. It's the new social media platform built by Catholics. It's, it's backed up by Catholics. I told you my Facebook page is about to get schwacked. 18,000 likes. That doesn't just happen overnight. You start a, you start a Catholic page and see in two years if you can get it to 18,000. I challenge you. It's been a ton of work, a ton of luck, a ton of providence, a ton of all these things. And it's just going to go away. Um, it's going to go away. So, yeah, I'm on Spurn. SP3RN. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, Jimbo says something about um, Covidians and Fauchus in his daily lexicon. <laughs> I know. I love Fauchism. I hate Fauchism, but I love the word Fauchist. <laughs> so uh, John Max says we treat the old as the unborn now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The two most vulnerable 
people in society, the young and the old, are the ones that we kill. We kill them. And that is definitely a sign of a sickness. We have a sickness. And, you know, when you look at the USCCB or the Conference of Bishops in whatever Anglosphere broadcast that you're watching in Ireland or the Philippines or Great Britain or wherever, or if you're watching this in Portuguese in Brazil because there's a guy who translates all these into Portuguese and puts them in Brazil, your bishops do not care truly about the unborn or about the old. And how do I know that? How do, why do I say that? Well, because you never saw bishops get so animated and so excited and so unified around anything in your entire life. I don't care how old you are. You have never once seen the bishops do anything in lockstep with each other. The way they got behind the lockdown for COVID-1984. If they dedicated that amount of energy and enthusiasm and excitement to protecting the aged, our forefathers in the faith, our elders, the people in our society that have the wisdom that we don't have, or the vulnerable unborn, if they spent the amount of time, energy, eloquence that they have invested in COVID-1984 on either one of those things, we wouldn't have the society that we live in right now. But unfortunately, we do. And that's why I conclude that, therefore, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about abortion. They don't give a damn about the aged who are dying in isolated jails, clutching the hands of some nurse whose name they don't know. Dying apart from their families. That's a sad thing. I get really, I get pretty animated about it because it's a real thing and the bishops don't care. Bishop Olson in Fort Worth, Texas, had the audacity to tweet out some pro-life tweet. He doesn't care about the unborn. That fat POS up in Fort Worth. He doesn't care. I know this for a fact. I'm not gossiping. This is an objective, an objective fact. That man doesn't give a hoot about the unborn or about the old. And you know what, Bishop Olson? You're going to be a fat old man someday. And I just hope that you don't experience the injustice that you have failed to address in Fort Worth, Texas. You egotistical, wretched, wretched creep. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, let me get back to the comments here. We want to end on a high note. I wanted to end soon. Eli says, me and Mike are best friends on Spurn. And by best friends, I mean we've never talked once. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Fauci means sickle maker in Italian. Hmm, interesting. He is Italian. Socialist distancing was a great term, too. I know. Isn't that good? I love socialist distancing. Baltimore Catechism says Liberty Babe. Yeah, just burn it. 
I mean, look, teach it if that's what gets your kid through First Communion or whatever. Like, learn learn the Baltimore Catechism responses, fine, but go deeper. Go to a better Catholic. I like my Catholic faith. That's an older one, but it's it's new enough to have, like, some good information. We try to do two pages a night, but I'm not good about doing that. I would like to do two pages a night every night forever and just cycle through from beginning to end over and over again as the kids come up and stuff. I think that would be a good thing for any family to do. Um... EMJ is awesome, but not friendly to trads. Jeff Bone, you're right. I know. He's wrong about that. He's wrong about plenty of stuff. Well, uh, in fact, a, a really well-read, well-informed source has told me to just read the first four chapters of Logos Rising and not go any further because it kind of goes up. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be obedient to that because I trust this person. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's wrong about tons of stuff, and he's wrong about TLM. And maybe I'll ask him about it. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to do our interview on with EMJ. But on some stuff, he's really good. And on his hobby horses, he's excellent. I just can't do his hobby horses on YouTube because we'll, you know, that'll be the end. That'll be like the, the bitter end. And we're celebrating 15K not to just throw it all away, right? Daniel says, tell us how you really feel about the bishops. I hate them. No, I don't. I don't hate them. I despise their errors, and I'm really sad. But but you know what, guy? Can I just give you a little bit of context? And, and Ryan Grant will do this, too. Um, you know, when St. Robert Bellarmine was alive, patron saint of all bishops, or St. Um, no, sorry, sorry. St. Robert Bellarmine is not the patron saint of all bishops. Um, but when Bellarmine was alive, Barameo is the patron saint of all bishops. And both, when Barameo or Bellarmine was alive... They were like one of the only good ones in the whole world, you know? So we look around and we're more connected. So we're more aware of how many bad ones there are. But, um, oh, Jimbo Olsen was your, was your guy. I'm sorry. He's, oh gosh, I'm really sorry. Go, go get a, go get an exorcism. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over exaggerating. The guy is wicked. And, um, I just know it. I know it from many, many people. I know it as a, as a truism, and I'm, it is what it is. Sorry. If you're an Olsen fan, unsubscribe. Whatever. Move on with your life. It's fine. I'm not an Olsen fan. Um, but Bellarmine and, and Barameo were... They were one of however many, and they would rail against their peers. And that's just... That's kind of the... That's just kind of the equilibrium of how it is. So, sorry. Okay, uh, two more questions, and that's it. Two more questions. This has gone long, long enough. Amy says, I'm late to the party. Yes, you are. And the party's wrapping up. But you can rewatch it. Um, Chad Ice, do you know if Tradivox is going to be republishing St. John Newman's Catechism? I don't know. I'm I'm scheduled to do an interview with uh, Tradivox, actually. And I hope that that happens soon. They sent me the first version of their catechism. If you caught my stream with Dr. Anthony Stein, that was the first time I let you know that I was in contact with Tradivox. I've read most of the first version, which is three different little catechisms. I've read them to my six-year-old in preparation for his Holy Communion. And um, they're really good, and they're 
very different from any catechism you've ever read. So I hope that that project continues. It is endorsed by Bishop Schneider, um, which he he's, does not give in his endorsement very easily. I tried to get his endorsement for RTF, and he wouldn't give it. So I know that he's very discerning. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I hope that they do. I don't know what their plans are. I can ask them, though. So that's a very good question. Um, what is your... who? Uh, James of Carmel says, who's your favorite saint to read? Well, this is a complicated question because, and this, maybe this will be my final question. There's such a diversity of saints. There is such a diversity within the patrimony of the church that, um, different temperaments require different people and different saints speak to different people where they are in their stage of life, in their vocation, in their state. Um, so I, I can't sit here and say that, you know, St. Alphonsus is, you know, better than St. Bellarmine or whatever. That's not a, that's not my place to, to do that. It's outside of my competency and B, um, I, I tend to think that the saints will choose you much more often than you choosing a saint. And I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in the life of my wife and my children even. I've seen this with my friends and my Catholic relatives. So I think that the key here is to be open to a saint choosing you. And um, and that happens. I have a bunch of contacts, let's say. I won't call them friends. I think people use the word friend very liberally, but I have a bunch of contacts who are exorcists. And one exorcist, not Father Ripperger, was telling me a story about how he was doing, uh, he was performing an exorcism on a lady and how he ended up, he read an article online on like 1 Peter 5, which I've, I've bashed 1 Peter 5, so now I'll, I'll give him props. He read an article on 1 Peter 5 about one of the obscure saints. And by obscure, I just mean obscure in terms of our American lexicon, not obscure in terms of God, okay? In an objective sense, no saint is obscure. Every single saint is cherished in the eyes of God, and they're, they're there with God, and I hope to be one of them someday. But, um, but one of the less well-known ones in, in the American lexicon and he just read the article and that was it. And then he was he was performing spiritual battle and he and he he does all of his exorcisms on a Thursday afternoon because that's just like his his cadence, okay. And he he's often in the presence of saints and he's often assisted by saints. And by the way, both Father Ripperger will tell you in person and other exorcists will tell you that for example, Saint Joan of Arc St. Joan of Arc is one of the most powerful saints during exorcisms. The demons flee from her. They are so afraid of her. For whatever reason that I don't know, that I'm not privy to, she is just one. And and there are others, but she's one of them that jumps out, is that you wouldn't think like, oh, St. Joan of Arc is really useful in in the spiritual combat, but she is. Anyway, sometimes sometimes a saint will make himself or herself available to an exorcist in an exorcism and 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 whatnot or sometimes the that saint will be assisting in the exorcism 
and the priest doesn't know it, but the demon sure does. And then the demon will say, they'll squeal or say, oh, get him, get her away from me or whatever. And then the exorcist is like, who? And um, and then the demon will identify who it is, either by name or sometimes they can't even say the name and they're so scared like with St. Joan. But um, anyway, so I, God forgive me, but I forget the name of this saint. I think it was, I, I don't even, I'm not going to speculate, but it was one of the saints. And, um, and this saint was present at an exorcism, but the, the priest was not aware of the saint's presence, but the demon was like, Oh, get him away from me. And then this, this demon identified the saint. It was like, Oh, I can't stand the saint. You know, Oh, get him away from me. And it was the saint that the priest had just read the article about. And prior to that had no devotion whatsoever. No contact. Didn't pray to the saint, didn't ask the saint, didn't read the saint. Um, but that saint had clearly made his article, let's just say in 1 Peter 5, available to that exorcist and had attached himself, that saint had attached himself to the exorcist and had presented his story um, to the exorcist and he had read it and ever since then that particular exorcist that I had talked to has cultivated a really personal relationship with that saint so I don't know I mean look I think that obviously some saints are more well known than others and I think that some saints are sort of known for certain things you know like I'm a big fan of St. Alphonsus. I want to I want to bring out a lot of St. Alphonsus's work because you can get an advanced degree in this country in moral theology and never hear about St. Alphonsus and he's the doctor of moral theology. Like how sick is that that you can get a master's in moral theology and never even hear the guy's name? Um so I'm a big fan of St. Alphonsus for moral theology. For Mariology, you might go to St. Um, Louis de Montfort, right? I mean, that's a logical place to go. Um, for catechism and for anti-Protestantism, you might go to Bellarmine or you might go to Newman. Um, so I, I think it depends on what you want. For the spiritual combat, I mean, one of the things that you can do are the Ignatian exercises, and then you start getting into St. Ignatius of Loyola. You know, for scholasticism, you go to Aquinas, you go to Augustine, um, you go to Chrysostom. So, I mean, I think it depends on what you're, what you're, what you're going after. Right now, um, I'm reading Saint Isidore. Saint Isidore wrote, not really a catechism, but sort of like the pre. It's not really, it's not a summa by any stretch, but it's, it, you can call it a pre-summa. And St. Isidore was the last of the church fathers. He's a bishop of either Toledo or Seville, I can't remember, uh, but one of the Spanish bishops. And he's the last father of the church, and he's a doctor of the church. And lots of people say that St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas based a lot of the summa off of St. Isidore, 
Um, so it depends on what you want to do. If you want to be a scholastic, then you go to some of those things. Um, but anyway, I, uh, my, I don't have a favorite saint. I don't. I have, I, I tend to avoid the Vatican II saints personally. Um, I tend to try to go as old as possible, but that doesn't mean that I won't read someone from the 1800s. You do have to recognize the fact that a lot of the errors of modernism were coming up in the 1800s and they were coming to fruition with, um, with the errors of modernism and creationism and imminentism and, um, and, and, experientialism and, and, and all of the other harmful isms, let's say, that were coming to fruition, the Enlightenment, you know, the 18th century Enlightenment that really came into its own in the 19th century. So I'm not saying that any of the 19th century saints are infected by it. I'm just saying you need to be aware of it. And, um, and all I know now is after being Catholic for almost two decades and after being traditional for a decade and after reading as much as I can and being super interested in this, all I can tell you now is that there is so much more that I don't know than what I do know. That's all I can tell you. So there's an, there's a never ending treasure trove within the bosom of the church. And there's absolutely no reason why you need to read anyone who is currently alive. There's no reason. And, I, and look, I just confess to you that I'm reading E. Michael Jones. I read a lot of Kwasniewski. Okay, fine. I make exceptions for some people that are alive, but people who admire dead people, <laughs> right? Not people who are making it up. If you want to read, you know, Christopher West or whatever, just unsubscribe right now. Just get away. Get away because I'm not, I'm not about that. You, there's no reason to read anyone who's either recently dead or who is alive right now. There's no reason. Everything that has ever been written has been written by Augustine and Aquinas. And since I'm not smart enough, I went to a state school in Texas. I'm not smart enough to decipher any of those two. I got to read people who can break it down for me. But other than that, that's it. So good night, everybody. Um, Thoughts on upcoming Lent. Uh, This will be one of the worst ones in our lifetimes, I'm sure. Um, So... Anyway, uh, what's my cutoff date? I don't have a hard and fast cutoff date. I just try to get to old stuff. Um, But I really appreciate you guys. I never, ever, ever would have thought that RTF would grow to what it is. And I think that it's going to continue. And I'm here to continue it. So God bless you. Thank you so much for, uh, for being with me. And um, I have I've seemed to have lost my button to turn this thing off. So now I don't know how to do it. Oh, boy. This is so embarrassing. How do you end the stream? Stop it. Oh, boy. We're stuck with each other now. I changed the um, resolution on the screen or something. And now I can't see it. So now I don't know. How do I end this? Oh, how embarrassing is that? You guys are awesome, by the way. Did I mention that? I think I did. Oh, boy. Okay. This is so sad. What happens if I just stop?
What happens if I just close the window? Maybe I'll do that. No, I've never tried that. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it'll keep streaming a, like an empty room or something, and people will be like, where are you guys? This is so embarrassing. No, it's because I changed the resolution because I wanted to see your comments. Normally, I have to squint to see your comments. Stop laughing. You guys are laughing right now. Just... All right. Good night. God bless you.